welcome to the Prophecy Club, and I'm excited and pleased to announce to you that, in my opinion, I believe we got four out of four as far as a success rate. I'm pleased to announce that, in my opinion, as a prophecy student, all four events went well. And I was really surprised. I mean, getting four out of four was, I think, over the top. That was great. Okay, let me explain. So NATO decided to step up and pay their fair share sooner rather than later. As you recall, we were trying to see the whole hand of God, whether God's hand is going to be for America, meaning that maybe we have a little bit more time, or if it's going to be against America, meaning that maybe we don't have very much time. Not trying to set a date, trying to look at the hand of God. Now, if these four events, NATO, England, Russia, and then the Russian-German pipeline, if all of those four events had gone poorly, <laughs> we're, we're out of time. If one, well, then maybe we don't have so much time. But all four of them went well. Now, let me explain. So, as I said, NATO decided to step up and pay their fair share sooner rather than later. England has now stated that they want to Brexit, and most all want increased trade with America, and they lean toward America and away from the EU, which is leaning away from world government. So that's good, too. That's, that's I'm giving us two points there. Then Russia and the United States, Putin and Trump, in my opinion, not only seem to establish a friendship, but have openly admitted mistakes were made on both parts and have covenanted together to establish an ongoing relationship. I'm going to give a point for that. So that's three out of the four. But the big problem is the German-Russian pipeline, because this, this, my brothers and sisters, could have been a really big problem, because both Russia and America see the German-Russian pipeline now, and this is the good news, rather than practically going to war over it, that could have been the way they looked at it, but they're looking at it now as competition rather than a threat of war. That's great. They both have committed to work together in the spirit of competition rather than conflict. That's good. So as not to hurt each other, each other's country, by increased prices or unfair trade practices. Now let's go listen to President Trump. This is what he says about the relations between Russia and America. And he says they're good. The United States and Russia were able to maintain a strong dialogue. But our relationship has never been worse than it is now. However, that changed as of about four hours ago. I really believe that. Nothing would be easier politically than to refuse to meet, to refuse to engage, but that would not accomplish anything. As president, I cannot make decisions on foreign policy in a futile effort to appease partisan critics or the media or Democrats who want to do nothing but resist and obstruct. Constructive dialogue between the United States and Russia afford the opportunity to open new pathways toward peace and stability in our world. I would rather take a political risk in pursuit of peace than to risk peace in pursuit of politics. As president, I will always put what is best for America and what is best 
for the American people. So that's good news. Then, as you recall, we decided that they would both put forth a good face. We knew that. But we wanted to see if there were going to be any points of cooperation being put forth, steps toward each other, because we knew we were going to see a smiley face and glad handing. But if there are not points of cooperation, then the summit would be a failure, and America should begin to watch for trouble soon. Well, here's President Trump laying out specific points where Russia and America plan to work together. The president and I also discussed the scourge of radical Islamic terrorism. Both Russia and the United States have suffered horrific terrorist attacks, and we have agreed to maintain open communication between our security agencies to protect our citizens from this global menace. Last year, we told Russia about a planned attack in St. Petersburg, and they were able to stop it cold. They found them. They stopped them. There was no doubt about it. I appreciated President Putin's phone call afterwards to thank me. I also emphasized the importance of placing pressure on Iran to halt its nuclear ambitions and to stop its campaign of violence throughout the area, throughout the Middle East. As we discussed at length, the crisis in Syria is a complex one. Cooperation between our two countries has the potential to save hundreds of thousands of lives. I also made clear that the United States will not allow Iran to benefit from our successful campaign against ISIS. We have just about eradicated ISIS in the area. We also agreed that representatives from our National Security Councils will meet to follow up on all of the issues we address today and to continue the progress we have started right here in Helsinki. Today's meeting is only the beginning of a longer process, but we have taken the first steps toward a brighter future and one with a strong dialogue and a lot of thought. This was a very constructive day. This was a very constructive few hours that we spent together. It's in the interest of both of our countries to continue our conversation, and we have agreed to do so. I'm sure we'll be meeting again in the future, often, and hopefully we will solve every one of the problems that we discussed today. So, again, President Putin, thank you very much. It is my belief that the left is trying to stir up trouble between Russia and America. The primary, but not the only way, they're doing this is by the Trump-Russia collusion Robert Mueller witch hunt probe. Here's what the summit brought forth concerning Russian meddling. During today's meeting, I addressed directly with President Putin the issue of Russian interference in our elections. I felt this was a message best delivered in person. Spent a great deal of time talking about it. And President Putin may very well want to address it and very strongly, because he feels very strongly about it, and he has an interesting idea. Mr. President, you tweeted this morning that it's U.S. foolishness, stupidity, and the Mueller probe that is responsible for the decline in U.S. relations with Russia. 
Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you what would you consider them that they are responsible for? Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago, uh, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. And I think we're all uh, to blame. I think that the United States now has stepped forward along with Russia, and we're getting together, and we have a chance to do some great things, whether it's nuclear proliferation in terms of stopping, because we have to do it. Ultimately, that's probably the most important thing that we can be working on. But uh, I do feel that uh, we have both made some mistakes. I think that the, the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Uh, everybody knows it. Uh, people are being brought out to the fore. Uh, so far that I know, virtually none of it related to the campaign. And they're going to have to try really hard to find somebody that did relate to the campaign. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily. And frankly, uh, we beat her. And I'm not even saying from the standpoint we won that race. And it's a shame that there can even be a little bit of a cloud over it. Uh, people know that. People understand it. But the main thing, and we discussed this also, is zero collusion. And it has had a negative impact upon the relationship of the two largest nuclear powers in the world. We have 90% of nuclear power between the two countries. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's going on with the probe. For President Putin, if I could follow up as well. Um, why should Americans and why should President Trump believe your statement that Russia did not intervene in the 2016 election, given the evidence that U.S. intelligence agencies have provided? And will you consider extraditing the 12 Russian officials that were indicted last week by a U.S. grand jury? Well, I'm going to let the president answer the second part of that question. But as you know, uh, the whole concept of that came up perhaps a little bit before, but it came out as a reason why the Democrats lost an election which, frankly, they should have been able to win because the Electoral College is much more advantageous for Democrats, as you know, than it is to Republicans. Uh, we won the Electoral College by a lot, 306 to 223, I believe. And uh, that was a well-fought, uh, that was a well-fought battle. We did a great job. And frankly, uh, I'm going to let the President speak to the second part of your question. But uh, just to say it one time again, and I say it all the time, uh, there was no collusion. I didn't know the president. There was nobody to collude with. There was no collusion with the campaign. And every time you hear all of these, you know, 12 and 14, it's stuff that has nothing to do. And frankly, they admit these are not people involved in the campaign. President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. Who do you believe? My second question is, would you now, with the whole world watching, tell President Putin, would you denounce what happened in 2016, and would you warn him to never do it again? So let me just say that we have two thoughts. You have groups that are wondering why the FBI never took the server. Why haven't they taken the server? Why was the FBI told to leave the office of the Democratic National Committee? I've been wondering that. I've been asking that for months and months, and I've been tweeting it out and calling it out on social media. Where is the server? I want to know where is the server and what is the server saying? 
With that being said, all I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be, but I really do want to see the server. Uh, But I have uh, I have confidence in both parties. I, I really believe that this will probably go on for a while, but I don't think it can go on without finding out what happened to the server. What happened to the servers of the Pakistani gentlemen that worked on the DNC? Where are those servers? They're missing. Where are they? What happened to Hillary Clinton's emails? 33,000 emails, gone, just gone. I think in Russia they wouldn't be gone so easily. I think it's a disgrace that we can't get Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. We'll be right back after this message. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each, 25 for $160, that's $640 each, 15 for $120, that's $8 each, 10 for $100, obviously $10 each, 6 for $70, 4 for 50 and 2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog. Or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. The recordings discussed on the Prophecy Club are typically offered for a gift of $30 per disc or title, a double disc for 45 or a triple disc for 65 If there are a way that you could watch any one of our DVDs for 50 cents to a dollar, you probably want to know about it, right? Well, go visit WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch over 160 Prophecy Club titles for an introductory monthly recurring subscription of just $20 a month, or a yearly subscription for $200. The early $200 subscription is the best deal because it locks in your rate against increases in monthly subscriptions. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. You'll love the format. It's easy to watch, and the quality is great. WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out today. And now, back to the program. The people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. And then, of course, the Russian dossier came up, and I loved how Putin responded to the dossier. After all, I was an intelligence officer myself. And I do know how dossiers are made up. Just a quote, just a second. That's the first thing. Now the second thing. I believe that Russia is a democratic state. And I hope you're not denying this right to your own country. You're not denying that the United States is a democracy. Do you believe the United States is a democracy? And if so, if it is a democratic state, then the final conclusion in this kind of a dispute can only be delivered by a trial. 
by the court, not by the executive, by the uh, law enforcement. For instance, the Concord company that was brought up is being accused. It's being accused of interference. But this company does not constitute the Russian state. It does not represent the Russian state. And I brought several examples before. Well, you have a lot of individuals in the United States, take George Soros, for instance, with multi-billion capitals. But it, does it make him, his position, his posture, the posture of the United States? No, it does not. Well, the same case. There is the issue of trying a case in the court. And the final, uh, the, the final say is for the court to deliver. We are now talking about the private, in, the, the, the individuals, and not about particular states. And as far as the most recent allegation is concerned about the Russian intelligence officers, we do have an intergovernmental treaty. Please do send us the request. We will analyze it properly and will send a formal response. And as I said, we can extend this cooperation, but we should do it on a reciprocal basis, because we would await our Russian counterparts to provide us access to the persons of interest for us, who, who we believe can have something to do with the intelligence services. Well, let's discuss the specific issues and not use the Russia and the U.S. relationship as a loose change, the loose change for this internal political struggle. And now for the most positive thing that I thought came out of the entire summit. President Putin is asked here if the Russians have any compromising material on President Trump. What an embarrassing question for a Western reporter to ask, but it was asked. And I love how Putin answered it. Not only did he answer the question, but he actually defended Trump almost to the point to where he was attacking the reporter for asking such a stupid question and told him that they should stop talking about it. Oh, listen to this. Does the Russian government have any compromising material on President Trump or his family? And now to the compromising material. Yeah, I did heard these rumors that we allegedly collected compromising material on Mr. Trump when he was visiting Moscow. Well, distinguished colleague, let me tell you this. When President Trump visited Moscow back then, I didn't even know that he was in Moscow. I treat President Trump with utmost respect. But back then, when he was a private individual, a businessman, nobody informed me that he was in Moscow. Well, let's take St. Petersburg Economic Forum, for instance. There were over 500 American businessmen, the high-ranking, the high-level ones. I don't even remember the last names of each and every one of them. Well, do you remember, do you think that we try to collect compromising material on each and every single one of them? Well, it's difficult to imagine uh, another nonsense of a bigger scale than this. Please, just disregard these issues and don't think about this anymore again. And I have to say, if they yeah. had it, it would have been out long ago. And if anybody watched Peter Strzok testify over the last couple of days, and I was in Brussels watching it, it was a disgrace to the FBI, it was a disgrace to our country, and you would say that was a total witch hunt. And I watched this whole thing. And I watched the Democratic response afterwards also. And there is no question, in my mind, that the Democrats are actually trying to make war between Russia and America. And this was quite a long 
conference. I mean, and Schumer just ripped Trump up. I mean, he talked to him like you would talk to a child. If Trump were to do this, uh, this, this suggested act that Schumer, well, I'll just tell you, Schumer, he, Schumer says that Trump should just walk in and lay this 12 indictments paperwork down in front of, of uh, Putin and just demand that he do something about it. Look, if, if he did that, that would take away all hope for any kind of normalizing a relationship between Russia and America. And, of course, that's exactly what the Democrats want. They want to see America fall, and especially they want to see Trump fall. Listen to what Schumer says Trump should do. On Friday, Rod Rosenstein and Bob Mueller handed President Trump the evidence that President Putin had requested. The 29-page indictment is a document of unparalleled work and is exactly what the President needed to stand up to Mr. Putin. He should have marched in, put the indictment on the table, and demanded justice. Rather than taking the opportunity to confront Putin, rather than taking the opportunity to demand that Putin hand over the named Russian intelligence agents indicted last week, the President sided with Vladimir Putin's denial over the unanimous, unanimous conclusion of the United States intelligence community. And it's like, Schumer, are you crazy? Are you crazy? I mean, they would never expect Obama to do this or anyone else. Look, if you want to start a war, that's a pretty good way to start it. Now, let's talk about the most important thing, in my opinion, and that is the pipeline. Now, again, the left is trying to stir up trouble, but I think Trump handled this whole situation about the pipeline wonderfully. He talked about it more as competition. Listen. During your recent European tour, you've mentioned that the implementation of the North Stream 2 gas pipeline makes Europe a hostage of Russia, and you suggested that you could free Europe from this uh, by supplying American LNG. But this cold winter actually showed that the current model, current uh, mechanism of supply of fuel to Europe is quite viable. At the same time, as far as I know, U.S. had to buy even Russian gas for Boston. I have a question. The implementation of your idea has a political tinge to it, or is it a practical one? Because there will be a gap formed in the supply and demand mechanism, and the first is the consuming countries who will fall into this gap. We will be competing when you talk about the pipeline. I'm not sure necessarily that uh, it's in the best interests of Germany or not, but that was a decision that they made. We'll be competing. As you know, the United States is now... Uh, or soon will be, but I think it actually is right now the largest uh, in the oil and gas world. So we're going to be selling LNG and we'll have to be competing with the pipeline. And I think we'll compete successfully, although there is a little advantage locationally. So I just wish them luck. I mean, I did. I discussed with Angela Merkel in pretty strong tones. But I also know where they're all coming from. And... Uh, they have a very close source, so we'll see how that all works out. But we have lots of sources now, and the United States is much different than it was a number of years ago when 
we weren't able to extract what we can extract today. So today we're number one in the world at that. And I think we'll be out there competing very strongly. We talked to Mr. President, including this subject as well. We are aware of the stance of President Trump, and I think that we, as a major oil and gas power, and the United States is a major oil and gas power as well, we could work together on regulation of international markets, because neither of us is actually interested in the plummeting of the of the prices, and the consumers will suffer as well, and the consumers in the United States will suffer as well, and the uh, shale gas production will suffer, because beyond a certain price bracket, it's no longer profitable to to produce gas. But uh, nor we are interested in driving prices up, because it will drain juices, live juices, from all other sectors of the economy, from machine building, etc. So we do have space for cooperation here. That's the first thing. Then about the North Stream 2, Mr. President. Voiced his concerns about the possibility of disappearance of transit through Ukraine, and I reassured Mr. President that Russia stands ready to maintain this transit. Moreover, we stand ready to extend this transit contract that is about to expire next year in case. If the dispute between the economic entities dispute will be settled in the Stockholm Arbitration Court. So, in my opinion, I think that we did really good. I mean, in every point, I think we get a point with NATO, with Russia, with England, and with the German-Russian pipeline. I think Trump handled it well, and it looks to me like the hand of God is not toward immediate judgment. Now, let me just say, I'm not saying we've been given 15 years like we're praying yet. But I am saying that I don't think it's going to be in the next year or so based upon this. However, the thing to watch for now is those seven headlines leading to the fall of America. Let me repeat them again. I want to repeat them so often you have them down by memory. Omar ushers in Palestinian state. Catastrophe hits America. One of America's greatest times of need. Israel refuses help to America. Israel has attacked America, sends troops. Chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. Then she heard my voice quoting Dmitry Dudeman. It will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day. In my opinion which doesn't count for a whole lot. God is going to do what he wants to do. But in my opinion, it looks good, brothers and sisters. Now, let me define good. I mean that that doesn't look like it's immediate, as in the next six months to a year, maybe even stretching two years. But past that, I mean, we could still see something begin to happen in Israel. All of a sudden, there's an Israeli-Palestinian state given, and we're off to the races. So, based upon the information up to this point, it looks good. So, the 400-year judgment cycle still stands. America's judgment still might arrive in 2020, as it's still 400 years from the Mayfire Compact, 40 years from when the judgment was pronounced to Dimitri Dudeman. And if you look at the seven cows, well, if the seven cows are a prophetic warning, then the seven years of plenty would be from 2014 to 2021. The seven years of tribulation, and I'm not setting a date here, please quote me correctly, 
if that's correct, that would be the, tri- the tribulation from 2021 to 2028. Now, what I'm saying is, right now, it doesn't look immediate. Immediate defined as in the next six months to a year. After that, who knows? Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Join the battle and prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. Do you have some bad habits or issues that need changing? Do your prayers go unanswered and you feel like a failure? Do you want to do good but find yourself continuing to do bad? Maybe bad dreams or nightmares, angry too often, not making progress in your life? Maybe you need to come to the Hide and Sink Christian Deliverance Conference. This is Christians Helping Fellow Christians. July 21st, 1 to 5 p.m. Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue, corner Park and K in Plano. No charge. If you have questions, call Lou at 972-567-4122. 972-567-4122. No reservations necessary. Show up. July 21, 1 to 5 p.m. Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue in Plano. See you there.